All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you guys about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. Brian and I are such big fans. It is a wonderful atmosphere, great food, great drinks, the coldest beer in the Metroplex or anywhere else. You can find it at Boomer Jacks. And if you're a big fan of wings like Brian and I are, you're going to want to go to Boomer Jacks on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. That's because on Tuesdays they have half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings, but they're great deals, great specials the rest of the week as well. Drink specials starting at $3, $15 buckets of beer, Love the food there. My wife and I love the pepperoni flatbread. The kids love the tableside s'mores that you can get. And it's a great atmosphere if you're looking for somewhere to do dinner with the family, have a happy hour with the coworkers, go watch the game somewhere with your buddies. Boomer Jacks is the perfect setup. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, great conversation there with Brian Baldinger. And you know, I talk too much, Bobby. I'm sorry. No, about that. no. Look, and look, you you can always tell. You, you can see uh, Baldy. He, 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 you know, whenever you get two old NFL guys, they get the little glimmer in their eye of like, oh, yeah, you knew that guy. Right, let's get a let's trade stories here. You remember Sterling? Sterling was great. Yeah. It's a, it all, I love it. It always, well, he, he, he and I are from basically, he and I are from the same bottle of wine, basically. Same vintage, <laughs> same vintage. but it's you, nice you to have him on. And he does a hell of a job. I mean, his breakdowns and all that. I mean, he's a great follow on Twitter. He's, he's, he's got a lot of really good breakdowns a lot, and he's not afraid to say what's on his mind too. I appreciate that about him as well. No doubt about it. Now, Brian, as we close in uh, on the, the, the doomsday clock uh we're what 16 17 days out now uh from from the draft and you get this nervous energy right about now where you're like really excited for for what could be coming and then you're also like really nervous in the pit of your stomach about well who's gonna go ahead of you and and what's gonna be left for them to pick it's it's this funny energy this time of year but as we close in here in the final two plus weeks or so brian i guess my question for you is what are you still trying to figure out what are, what are you looking at as we close in on this final group that you're like, man, I got to get this position group figured out, or man, I got to figure out this player, man, everybody likes this guy and I don't, and I got to figure out if, if I got him right. What, what is the biggest thing left on your plate that you feel like you need to answer here in the final two or three weeks? Yeah, we're starting to, you know, the Cowboys are still running through some of these uh, 30 visits or unofficial visits. Uh, you know, uh, we've seen some names, with a Jackson Smith and Jigba being a part mm-hmm. of a uh, of a, a non thirty visit, he is from this area, so uh, that meaning he would fly himself in, probably seeing family, kind of saying hello, dropping by the facility. That kind of stuff is encouraging to me. When one of the better receivers are going to come, you know, yeah. Brian mentioned about you know the Cowboys haven't moved up in a draft forever, you know, but. You, you don't know about these wide receivers. I kind of feel like that Smith and Jigba could very well be the first guy for the wide receivers off the board. But you got to do your due diligence. And I know with Will McClay, the scouts, you know, they're putting together this board right now. And, you know, the, the, the pieces of all are there now to do this. You've got school visits. You got the film from the school visits. You've got the combine to help you with the medical stuff. You've got the pro days to make sure you got all your numbers filled in. That if you're really one of those analytics teams that likes to compare numbers of heights, weights, and speeds, you got all that. And then you're finishing this thing off with the personal 30 visits where you could take a a, a kid to dinner, uh, sit down with him, put him on the board, you know, ask him a little bit more about 
you know, well, well, why would you have done this in coverage or why were you thinking about that? So we're to the point now where it's really just about the scouts, Will, Jerry, Steven sitting in a room, Mike McCarthy sitting in a room and putting that board together. And what the most important thing is stacking that board. When I say stack that board, if they have 150 names on that board going from tag one to tag 150 and making sure that they have those guys in order how they want to draft them. And you 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 got to be really careful, too, because, you know, you're working the phones a little bit, you know, and you're off. Maybe on the way home you give your general manager friend a call with another team that you have a good, close, personal relationship, and you start to talk about maybe not so much players, but what are you hearing? Are you hearing these guys? Are you hearing this team is trying to go up? Are you hearing the team might bail? You know, you're just trying to get as much information as you can as you're building your board because we're going to wake up and you and I are going to be at the star in Frisco for night one of the draft. And here we go, you know, and it, it, and it's, it's honestly, it's come really fast. It really, really has, but you're really just trying to get that last bit of information to maybe help your board massage it a little bit, but making sure you're getting that, that one to 150, what we call the stack. You got the draft board by round by position, but the stack is the one that the Cowboys are going to rely on to tell them what direction they need to go when it's their turn to pick. So I, uh, you know, as we left off the last show, we asked people in the YouTube comments to drop in who uh, they think the pick will be at 26 or maybe just who they're wishing for. I got some of the names here, Brian. And so I'm just going to read off some of the names. I want to get your initial thoughts on them as players. Just, just to, a good or bad kind of a thing? Yeah, good, or, bad, or, okay. or, just, or just give us your thoughts on the players. Um, okay. I'll, I'll tell you who somebody had, and you just give us your your quick uh, scouting. Thumbnail. Little thumbnail. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and what you what you think about them and, and where you might be concerned and where you'd be excited about the player. First name here, Todd McIntosh says, Will McDonald at 26. That's the Iowa State edge rusher. Your thoughts on Will McDonald? I think he's an explosive player. He's a little bit undersized, but, man, you cannot discount his ability to get up the field, to redirect, to finish on the pocket. Uh, he's one of those guys that can win off the edge, super explosive as a player. We've got uh, Adrian Wells saying, Jalen Hyatt, bring me Jalen Hyatt. Your thoughts on Jalen Hyatt, the receiver from Tennessee. Smaller guy. Yeah, probably going to need some work. He's a slider guy when you talk weight wise, but yeah, but he's he's not one of these five nine guys and stuff like that. The thing about him is he played in an offense at Tennessee that was uh, that played at a very fast pace, running a play like every twenty twenty three seconds. They were on the ball and moving, so they were. He's he's used to playing at a fast pace. He might need some work as a route runner. Uh, that nuances because a lot of his plays are big plays, down-the-field plays, separation plays. He's open a lot down the field. You get, you know, I've never seen a team that gets more uh, busts on the defense trying to defend. You know, They get teams that are tired, out of place. They take advantage of that at Tennessee. Jalen Hyatt was one of these guys that vertically plays very well, catches the ball. When he goes inside, they have to catch the ball. I think he does a good job of that as well. I really do like the player. Hunter McPhail says Darnell Wright from Tennessee as a guard, who we just discussed a little bit uh, a second ago. Yeah, I think the thing with Wright is he is such a powerful guy. And when you, 
He plays right tackle. He's massive. He's a more of a bully than a real athlete. Mauler, brawler. He'll do anything to finish his block. He'll throw his weight around. He doesn't really extend on his man because he's almost belly to belly with his guy to gain that leverage, but he's pushing, he's shoving. He'll dive on top of his guy when he's on the ground. He's got a real nasty side to his game. Uh, we got Rick Tackett here, and you can uh, tackle both these guys here, Brian. He says his pick would be either uh, Utah tight end Dalton Kincaid or Oregon State tight end Luke Musgrave. Yeah, I think the thing with Kincaid, and, and Baldy even brought this up, there's a lot of people that that I know when you talk to people in the Cowboys organization like you do as well, Bob. I mean, when you say – you bring up the name Dalton Kincaid and you're saying, hey, I – I, uh, I I I picked him in a mock draft for you. I was doing a show and I picked him for a mock draft, and I go. I was kind of maybe you know I didn't I wasn't sure. And they'll they'll answer you back. They'll go, no, that's a good pick. You know, so you know that's the kind of you're like, oh, okay. But man, this guy he's a route runner. He's a finisher. When the ball's in the air, it's his. He covers ground with his routes. You know, he can take the ball and get up the field in a hurry. He can avoid tacklers. Or he'll just run through him. He's super reliable on third down. You know, you can play him in line, but he's best when he's flexed or in the slot. So he's not going to blow you off the ball as a blocker, but man, everything else about him, the fit, the attempt to wall off, but the downfield player is super impressive. Uh, Zoltan has Dewan Jones, offensive lineman, Ohio State. That is a, an interesting. Uh, you know, when you when you talk about Jones and what his, you know, when you watch him play, I mean, he's super impressive just because of how massive he is. This guy's 6'8", he's 374 pounds. He's the right tackle there. He, I, I thought he might be too heavy, but man, when you watch him, he can wear his opponents down. There's kind of a limit for how far he can really move right now. The further he has to go, the harder it is for him. But there's no way you're going to run through him uh, when he gets his hands on you. It's it's uh, you know it's church uh, in that way. But I, I think he's a little bit of a narrow base guy as a pass protector, and you can see him get a little bit off balance. But man, he is he is going to he's a massive guy, and I'm just kind of a curious of how he is really going to deal with speed off that edge. Is he going to be able at that size, 6'8", 374, to be able to recover enough like uh, you need him to? Jack Kerfoot says uh, he wants Darnell Washington tight end from Georgia. Your thoughts on Darnell Washington? Yeah, you know, with the thing with Washington, I mean, six, you know, six, seven, I believe the weight was 264 pounds. Tested really well. Yeah, this guy, again, athletic ability. He's got offensive tackle size playing tight ends. And I kind of thought maybe if he didn't make it as a tight end, this might be this era's Jason Peters, where you bulk him up and you make him an offensive lineman. Jason Peters, coming out of Arkansas, was a tight end. And so – but Darnell Washington, the the shuttles, all that thing, you know, he is another one of those guys that's a little bit of a push-shove guy. And you figured with his size that he would really hammer people. But you kind of see him struggle a little bit with that. But, man, you never see him. You know, he doesn't get thrown on the ground 
that much at all because he's such a big guy and he's a load. I mean, he is a load to bring down when they throw him the ball. He's running. He's a really good red zone player. There'll be several times I was watching Stetson Bennett the other night, and I forgot how many times that Darnell Washington catches the ball in the red zone. Just a big, massive target that I think he's you know he needs to needs to get a little bit tougher on that that run block and stuff. And then this name came up several times. I'll uh, I'll credit it right here to the comment I see here, Robert Valera. But the one we keep seeing a lot, and somebody we've discussed, and that's uh, Steve Avila or Avila, the guard. Avila, yeah. Which, if you're going to ask me today, who I think the most likely first pick is for the Cowboys, I might say Avila. Yeah, I mean it's amazing these names. We're only fine. we're only now starting to learn all the names, but uh, Steve Avila. Uh, out of TCU. And again, 332 pounds. We were talking with Brian Baldinger earlier. Uh, you know, there's these massive guards. Uh, Abula, 332. Uh, Anthony Bradford, 332. You know, I mean, they're all these big, heavy guys. But man, they play with, I mean, he plays with balance. He's got a good pass set. You see, I mean, his team throws the ball a ton. Again, I was watching Max Dugan, and you forget how many times that TCU throws the football. But, man, when he wants to sit down on his guy, he can get that done. He is not going to give any ground. His technique are good. is good. His hands, his feet, everything works really, really well together for this guy. He's got some power as a run blocker. You'll see him double team with the center and the tackle, and they get some push. But, man, I'll tell you what, man, he could get to the second level a little, maybe a little tick slow at times. But, man, if he can play in a scheme that's more about power than movement, you're going to get a really good football player. So there are just some of the names we asked you guys to submit uh, that you're interested in 26. And Brian, like a beast, just runs through all of them for you there. It gives you uh, his Did stuff. I do good, Bobby? You've seen a lot of these great. guys. That was great. That was great. No, no, I think I think we we largely agree on on just about everybody here. I'm not a I'm not a Darnell Washington fan. Uh, I just I, I that that's not a if guy. You, now, I'm telling you what. There's there's plenty of these tight ends though. I mean, the, the Laporta from Iowa. I mean, Kraft yep. from Kraft from South Dakota State. There's a lot of a lot of buzz. If you're a big fan of Dane Brugler, who we've all worked with before, Dane Brugler has Kraft, the tight end from uh, from uh, South Dakota State, as his 51st best player. On his, on his top 100, that says a lot. Man, these tight ends, th- th- Bobby, they're going to go in that second round. They're going to go just like how corners used to go in this draft. You know, you get one at 34, the next one at 36. There's another one at 39. There's another one at 42. That's what you're about to see with these tight ends, I think, in this draft. Absolutely. No, I, I think you're dead on there. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.